Hello, welcome back to the Masonic Roundtable, a weekly program where Masons from around the world get together to talk about Masonic news and opinions in a friendly social manner. As a reminder, the thoughts and opinions expressed here are solely the opinions of the participants and do not represent any Grand Lodge statements or positions. Make sure you keep your conversations open for the public and on the level. So, for those conversations, you can join us live every Thursday night at uh, what are we, 9.30 Eastern. And uh, we love seeing you live on Facebook or on YouTube. We are where most people are. And uh, always love chatting with you live. So if, um, if you want to join that live, great. If not, we also like having you listen to us later. Because we're there wherever you are. You know me. My name is John Ruark. I'm a past master of the Patriot Lodge, number 1957, in Fairfax, Virginia. Next up, we have Joe Martinez. Hello and good evening. Hello and good evening. Joe Martinez. Uh, I am Mr. Decorum and Etiquette. That's what I'm known for. So <laughs> Choked on my beer. Totally, sorry. sorry about oh that. Oh, yeah. We're totally going to talk about that tonight because I am. That's my thing. That's that's all I know. I live that's, for it. You embody it. I'm Joe. You know me. I'm a member of stuff and things, and I do things. So good to see y'all. Speaking of embodying good decorum, check out the body of Jason Richards. Um, let's let's not like we'll, we'll keep it from you know chest up uh jason richards here past master of vacation lodge number 16 in virginia member of the colonial lodge number 1821 in washington dc also member of lafayette lodge number 79 in zanesville ohio and you will not be checking out my body tonight face for radio body for youtube maybe it's maybelline um... robert johnson how are you? <laughs> what is happening? I'm just laughing at y'all. You're so funny. Um, Robert Johnson, past master, Waukegan 78 in Waukegan, Illinois, current sitting secretary at the Space Novum Lodge 1183, uh, the premier education lodge in the state of Illinois. Thanks. No, no. Thank you. Awesome. Great. We've got a full house tonight. Um, before we get started, as always, we'd like to give a special shout out to the patrons who've been supporting the show. You guys are awesome. Head over to patreon.com slash the Masonic Roundtable and hop in to some behind the scene goodies on our face, our private Facebook group to include some links from tonight's show. So if you want to get direct access to some of the, the little cool research we found, hop on over there. So we'll see you there. And, and if you want to learn Joe's extra rules of decorum, go there too. You know, Patreons, you get all my extra tidbits of wisdom when it comes to just being a, a proper, proper Mason. You get all the things. We're just voidware prohibited. The Masonic Roundtable is, will not be held liable for <laughs> anyone held based on Joe's rules of decorum. Yes, I, I show up to lodge, and Joe said <laughs> that if I would do this, it'll all be good. I, yes. I just really wanted you to work something in there like Joe Martinez, purveyor of fine green lanterns. Oh, ooh. Look at all those things. <laughs> those things, right? I know. It's a lot. It's a lot going on there. Where are we? Oh, hey, are you um, a big fan? Other side? Yeah. Never mind. I, I heard I, you like comic books. We've got a, a show I do to like do. comic books. Guys. Like, right. Righto. Righto. So, we do? Um, yeah. Show some I, decorum. Decorum. Show some decorum. Jeez Louise. All right, so but decorum is, is inherently personal. It's inherent in the system. All right, so here's what we need to do. We need to go through some. Come see the violence inherent in the system. What? So, what we're choosing this this topic, um, 
started getting a little couple of, uh, PDFs being floated around from our Grand Lodge about you know some some tips and tricks on uh, protocol and decorum and Masonic etiquette. And reading through it, pretty nice little book. We'll we'll go through some some of the aspects of that. Plenty more to cover in one show. However, um, as we're doing our research, we wanted to look around to what are some other rules or guidance that comes from other jurisdictions on basically what are what are, what's common and maybe what are some of the differences be- between Masonic protocol, etiquette, and decorum. Um, I'm a person who kind of believes words mean things, and so I like to start things off by saying, like, okay, let's let's drill down to what what are the definitions of the words we're trying to talk about? Because guess what? Grand Lodges will treat them a little bit differently um, depending on their interpretation of that. Um, so looking at all of the different jurisdictional guidelines, guidebooks on etiquette, Masonic etiquette, for example, they, they do define it differently. Um, I'm going to pick Virginia's not just because it's my pretty much my home jurisdiction, but I think they do a really good job of separating the definitions. So specifically in, in the, the Virginia guide on etiquette, Masonic etiquette, I, I like one section, they drill way down. They talk about the difference between etiquette and decorum specifically. So I'm going to quote them here in Virginia. They say, when we speak of etiquette, we're talking about established rules of manners and behavior at certain times and places. So etiquette is established rules of manners and behavior at certain times and places. When we talk about Masonic etiquette, we're talking about rules established by the craft that we must learn and follow. So that's etiquette. In contrast, the principle of decorum stands at the opposite pole, for it includes good manners and irreproachable behavior required by a man's own sense of dignity and good taste. Thus, within the bounds of good manners, each man must follow fashion of his own sense of decorum. So it's subjective, is that what you're saying? Ooh, decorum, according to this definition, could be subjective where etiquette are kind of the established rules and behaviors. Um, well, first thing comes to mind, go ahead, Robert. No, I was just going to say what, or first of all, when were the words that your Grand Lodge has adopted written? So this was uh, fair, fairly recent. Um, so let me, let me get an actual date. So we, if it's recent enough that we, then we can actually count on the definition that they're giving us, 2008. which is important. Mm-hmm. So this is really important. You know, we have a lot of antiquated terms for, True. for instance, in Illinois, our, our grand lodges, um, constitutions actually never mention the word etiquette. Not once it does have the word behavior. And when we pull those, there's like cut and paste things from, really old documents that are wow. still contained within there. And we'll talk about it later, but those things matter. So, I mean, if your Grand Lodge has something and they're using old verbiage, then it may be a completely different meaning, right? So, right. but for you, this is not applicable. Yeah, in this case. I digress. Well, well, yeah, but it's good. Well, it kind of is though. I mean, it's, 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 I mean, what John was reading was a publication that came out from the Grand Lodge. But if you look at our quote unquote constitutions, 
I mean, they cut and paste all the important bits out of Anderson's, just like most of the other right. Grand Lodges do, you know, like concerning God and religion and concerning behavior and that kind of thing. It's it's all pretty similar f- from what you see from jurisdiction to jurisdiction. This was just a cutout pamphlet saying, hey, here's some decorum and protocol and etiquette because you guys don't have any. So, I'm, so. Glad you, I'm glad you mentioned protocol, too, because that is a word that while is in our etiquette guide, they really don't define it and it's really only used like right. once right so that that kind of irks me because that's protocol that's protocol right <laughs> um so going to google a the google definition is the accepted or established code or code or of procedure or behavior in any group organization or situation the accepted or established code of procedure or behavior in any group organization or situation so that write that down that would align with the etiquette. So that would be synonymous with etiquette as far as group behaviors. Um, so one thing I, I tend to think through now, I'm going to step back and, and kind of go back to my vocation of like organizational dynamics, right? Um, one of the best definitions of the word culture, cause we've talked about lodge culture and, and other types of organizational culture before the best def- definition I, I, prefer of what culture means is the set of established behaviors of a group or, or organization. So basically what does that mean? Okay, John, dumb it down for me. That means if I see lots of people acting a certain way, whether it's explicitly written down or they just kind of always have done it that way, that is a culture that happens. So if you want to change culture, you're actually trying to behave, change behaviors of the group. In this case, when we're talking about Masonic etiquette, we're talking about established behaviors we want to see, or some, some of them written down, many of them written down similarly across jurisdictions. The landmarks. The, well, not quite landmarks, but... Unless, unless your jurisdiction is mouth to ear, then they're not written down. You just have to know them. <laughs> Everybody not, knows the landmarks, unless they're and not they never change. Yes. <laughs> Until they do. <laughs> So I don't know. It, oh. it, to me, that, that those these differences you know, make a difference because, again, especially when you talk about decorum. Um, the last thing I'll say about protocol, and then we'll get into some of the fun stuff, is to me, as an engineer, when I hear the word protocol, I think of communication me- mechanisms, right? So the protocol of when you go when you um, arrive to a friend's house. You either ring the doorbell or you knock on the door. That is protocol, right? You just don't walk in, right? There is an established rule of communication. So just walk in. Just walk. I just walk kick, in. Yeah, kick I the door down. Don't even I don't, knock. I don't knock. Surprise! <laughs> Stab the Tyler with his own sword right. on the way in. And and so because they're subjective. They're, it's very subjective. But what I when I hear Masonic protocol, I start to think of those cross-jurisdictional diplomatic relations of how you're supposed to communicate from grand secretary to grand secretary, for example. That's what I hear when I see the word protocol in a Masonic context, but I really haven't seen it written down explicitly that way, which makes it confusing. Yes, Joe. Question, Mr. Ruark. Um, yeah, Joe Martinez, love we'll your class. all this decorum? So, that's, that's protocol. Um, you mentioned a particular <laughs> Yes. Uh, you mentioned a, what is this guy? I got my own picture there. Um, 
you brought up an interesting example, and I, I, I have trouble in my brain figuring out which one it is. So the you're not allowed to talk to another grand jurisdiction until you go through the grand right. secretary. Now, is that protocol or etiquette, or is that the rules? Yeah. So I know? was told. I was told verbally that that is. You were told Masonic. off. <laughs> I was told off verbally that was Masonic protocol. However, there's no documentation in of the it. law book. It it might be written in the Masonic code which is the law, but part of the law could be how you talk to other jurisdictions, for example. It, now we're getting all, all confusing here. It's subjective. It's subjective. It, it's all subjective. Right. And if for no other reason, every Grand Lodge is going to have their own different um, levels of Masonic etiquette. So that's a little bit of way too much more information than you, you cared about to get into, but I think it's important to establish the layers of expected behaviors. So when we talk about that, we're going to see examples tonight of expected behaviors when you are in lodge, when you are walking around lodge, for example, when you are at a public lodge event, when you are outside of lodge, or when you are in the, you know, the profane world, you're out in the, the real world. And so that could be sets of behaviors that may or may not change depending on where you are so let's talk about some let's uh where do you want to start outside in or inside out robert your, your call let's go inside out because i think for the most of us we're looking at the decorum in the lodge almost uh easing as the farther you get from the lodge but the more you dive into some of the the verbiage Maybe that's not the case, but you would think it is. Right. Hey, I'm out of logic. I can do whatever the hell I want. Right. right. Candy the. Yeah, that might be interesting. You, you just put an interesting thought in my head. Given the previous definitions, it's more etiquette when you're closer to a tile lodge, and it move, it shifts towards decorum when you're outside the lodge. But we'll we'll go into that. Think about that. Mm -hmm. Hold that thought. And it's protocol when it involves the grand lodge, <laughs> even outside of lodge. Yes. <laughs> Especially when you're sending emails to grand secretaries. Yeah. Based on true story. So, Joe, what are some... If you're not a Mason, <laughs> if you're not a Mason, it doesn't matter. You can email whatever grand secretary you want. All if you're a Mason, it matters. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> You'll never live that time. All right, Joe, give us some examples of... When, in your, when you're in a tiled lodge, meaning lodge is open formally and you have to be a mason to be operating inside of the lodge, what are some examples? Again, these are going to be mostly the same across jurisdictions. What okay. are some things that a mason should do or be aware of in a tiled The big lodge? one, and I think it's the, the first, the very first one you learn after becoming a mason because 19 people will scream at you the first time you do it, is walking... Want to become a Shriner? Between, <laughs> no, no, yes. the, the other thing. Walking. Oh, the other thing. Between, people scream at you. My God. Calm down. Um, walking between the altar and the master. Uh, every new Mason has done this once in their life. Never to do it again. <laughs> um, and I'm right because 19 people stop and point fingers at you and yell and, and holler and scream. But um, yeah. So discuss. Is that decorum? Is that etiquette? Or is that protocol? Um, 
Which that is an established set of behaviors that the whole group has. That would be Masonic etiquette. Etiquette. Within within the tiled lodge. Absolutely. Mm. Not left to an, an individual brother's discretion. <laughs> because if you decide you just want to stroll across that, go see what happens. <laughs> so here's here's the question, though. Is that actually codified anywhere? Or is that another... Not that I've seen it. Mount-to-ear-ism. Yeah, yeah, I've never actually seen it written down. Not in my jurisdiction. Uh, I will say there are jurisdictions that do have that explicitly called out um, it, as a, a big no-no written down. Yep. All right. Is that another category? No-nos? No-nos. So we're going to have etiquette, decorum, Masonic protocol, no-nos. and no-nos. And okay. yes-yeses. Yes. Okay. Right on. All right, Jason, give me another example of good Masonic etiquette within the Tiled Lodge. Good Masonic etiquette within the Tiled Lodge is you do not um, address the master of the lodge until he gives you permission to speak or at least recognizes you. Mm -hmm. Right. Uh, To, uh, I'll add to that and say that uh, I've read in a couple of these jurisdictional guides just having side conversations when the, the lodge is open and under the yes wouldn't that be nice wouldn't that be awesome if we if we stuck to that <laughs> just that alone you know what's cooler when you when you tell people before you start a meeting saying hey shut up don't have side conversations five seconds later they start you start hearing about baseball scores and the gas price that day yeah so i i would put that one under all three Etiquette, protocol, decorum, and, and, and no notes. And no notes. Right. And no notes. There's another one that I I quite enjoy as well that takes place during degree work where there is codified etiquette that, uh, you know, if someone messes up or misses some lines, like, you don't yell at them and make a big fuss or scene. Which is interesting because that that should be obvious decorum, right? That to basically keep your passions down. And yet, I have seen in a couple of these other jurisdictional guides, they do explicitly say that um, on prompting during ritual, that there should be. Of course, a lot of these are loose. They have they they're not legal writing, so they don't include the word shall, but but should or would or could include. Like an official prompter, for example. So that way you don't have five versions yeah. of the ritual being yelled at you from the sidelines, right? There should be. It's like the master ritual. or his designated prompter, right? Right, which which should be you know, good good behavior within the lodge. Mm-hmm. Uh, Robert, any other ones come to mind off the top of your head about inside of the, the lodge? Yeah, so there's there's definitely some that you have already mentioned that are codified within Illinois anyway, right? Number one, the first thing mentioned is in the lodge while constituted, you are not to hold private committees or separate conversation without leave from the master. Uh, nor, <clears throat> nor, nor talk of anything impertinent or unseemly. Uh, nor interrupt the master's wardens, yada, yada, yada. One of my favorite, though, is where it says, 
nor behave yourself ludicrously or jestingly while the lodge is engaged in what is serious and solemn. Now, I know we all know what that means, right? This ritual work, in fact, in the Illinois Code, we are required by bylaw, and this is in a lot of jurisdictions, uh, that before a certain part of a certain degree, we have to read a certain code, which basically states, if you decide that you want to act up or be jestingly, act jestingly during this thing, uh, you're going to get your butt kicked out and there will be disciplinary action. Uh, Uh I find that fascinating. So, but, but to pay due reverence to your master wardens and fellows and put them to worship or to put them to honor. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. I find the, that one about uh, keeping a serious tone during at least one part of the ritual I find it be fascinating because it seems like every jurisdiction had a problem with it in the past, and they've all tried yes. to rectify it with law. To well, what do you yeah. expect? Right? The law is like, like, guys, this is really important. No, really, don't cheapen it. Yeah. Do you guys? So, for the Masons listening, I'll be as vague as I can with you guys. You, you guys will get it. I hope. Uh, you know the cartoon sound, like right when Scooby Doo decides to like run away. That thing, right? I have been to lodges that use that sound effect when somebody's trying to flee to another port. And I'm like, what is this? I just <laughs> threw up spiritually, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is bad. I'm offended. Like, you should be. This is baloney. <laughs> like, I almost, uh, whatever, right? That's, that's like yeah. using. You're like, you know, opening lodge with hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work I go from the musician. Or, or uh, you know, certain selections from the artist known as ludicrous. You know, those can't be used in Illinois either. It says you can't you know, use ludicrous. Whatever word you use, yeah. ludicrous or DMX or any of those. I think you could use those, but only if Nate sings them. He does. Yep. The explicit yeah. version. Yeah. That's yeah, how we roll like here. Casa Martinez. And of course, one we've talked about uh, in the past on the Masonic Roundtable is electronics usage, right? That's been a more recent um, piece of etiquette that needs to be documented, right? But Um, I'm putting stuff on my calendar. (laughs) You were putting stuff on your calendar when we gaveled down for the first time. (laughs) Look, man. Your calendar looks like Crossy Road from here. There's no, there's no, there's, there's nothing that's been codified in Illinois that says you can't be on your phone. Everybody kind of knows, like, you know, you should have it on for the right reasons. Um, can I, can I read you this? Maybe you guys can help me discern this because this seems like a really weird statement that Illinois makes. Uh, it says, if any complaint be brought, the brother found guilty shall stand to the award and determination of the lodge who are the proper and competent judges of all such controversies. Unless you carry it by appeal to the Grand Lodge and to whom they ought to be referred unless a Lord's work, in capital Lord, right, be hindered the mean while in which case a particular reference may be made. But you must never go to law about what concerneth masonry without an absolute necessity apparent to the lodge. 
I'll, I'll take a stab at the beginning part. Where, uh-huh. uh, it's talking about keep your lodge stuff local. You know what I mean? If you have an issue in the lodge, fix it within the lodge. What happens and in Vegas stays in Vegas. If you don't like that yeah. answer, then you can take those appeals up to your district deputy or to the Grand Lodge or what have you. Um, so protocols. That's, that's- Ooh, Are these protocols? I mean, they sound like more, more serious like guidelines. <laughs> K-Jack Sparrow. <laughs> no. <laughs> that was his first mate. was Barbarossa. No, I, th- I think that's interesting. Yeah, uh, yeah. It sounds like it's um, appealing to the the process, which to me sounds more protocol of when when to you know how to how to put out fires right without it escalating not only to the the appeal to the Grand Lodge, but even it says never go to the law about what concerneth masonry. So this is where we you know we've probably all heard of or thought of examples that we've we've heard of in the past of where something got so bad it actually got some quarrel within within masonry got so bad it actually went to court right it went outside of masonry outside of masonic trial to an actual legal trial oh i've i've heard of brothers uh suing other brothers for for and this is all within the walls of masonry for libel for slander for you know um for being butthurt, you know, just civil suits galore. Um, so I think that kind of speaks to that, like, you know, hash it out locally, go in the parking lot, duke it out as brothers. Um, you know, but yeah, don't, don't sue each other and, uh, you know, issue restraining orders against each other. Cause you have to go to lodge together. So. That's interesting. Um, yeah. Cause that almost sounds like something that should be in the, the, the law section of your Grand Lodge rather than the the etiquette side. Well, how can... So, I wonder if that's a liability thing, though. Like, you know, making something legal code that you can't or shouldn't, you know, seek, like, legal, lawful due process in the court, that, to me... I, like I don't know. I feel like there there could be some liability there. The the Grand Lodge, uh, there's I mean, some risk from the Grand Lodge it, they would have to but, accept. Not not to belabor this point, but could it be because you always have the get out of jail free card of it's voluntary membership. You're not you don't have to be there. You're not required to be a member. You do that by choice. So with that choice comes certain. Um, uh, you know, consents to, to, you, you know, that, that sense of personal liberty, you know, like I'm a member of this group and I'm going to conform to those standards and rules and what have you. So you kind of give that up a tiny bit um, when you choose to be there, as opposed to not having a choice, you know, like a, a slave or something. Anyway, let's pick another one. Yeah. So um, here's one that's a little bit more looser, which is about how to address brethren, especially by their titles. Some jurisdictions explicitly call it out that, you know, when, you know, when you're aware of their title, then you should always address them within, you know, a tiled portion by their, their highest level of rank or rank they prefer. What are your thoughts on that? So Massachusetts, for those, for those homies right here that are members of Ezekiel Bates, they have a, a card 
that you can download on the grant on your uh, your lodge website you know on your membership page it's a card that tells you when you need to call someone by their title and when you don't need to call them by their title and there's different examples and instances like when i'm in lodge when i'm in the dining hall uh when i'm at a lodge function and it tells you exactly what title you're supposed to use um for that person at that particular time so uh, some of them are spelled out some are not i i gotta be honest like more than half the time i don't remember anybody's titles i can barely keep their names straight i'm just that guy hey brother Yes. Always default to brother. And wrong. some people get offended by it. If so, too bad. Like that's, it's not my intention to, um, demean your tight, your, your rank and title. It's, it's, that's the best I got right now. I'm more, if you get um, offended by it, I'm pretty sure you're in masonry for the wrong reasons. You said it. I was thinking it. Boom. Yep. So I actually opened up the Massachusetts one. Um, there's a whole page that says the incorrect use of titles. Mm. Yes. Good thing we wrote so that down. Yes. So you will call someone and they're using Bill Jones. I guess he's the popular person. Um, you will call someone brother Jones or brother William Jones. You will never refer to him as brother Bill. That's a no, no that don't make that. I'm reading with on here. What? Or you will have Worshipful Brother Jones or Worshipful William Jones. You will never call him Worshipful Bill Jones. Again, that's a boo-boo. What if Bill hates the name William? That's not up to him because it's associated with his Masonic title. So, (laughs) ooh, and they do have, I do love this. They have a phonetic spelling of the word brethren. It is brethren, not brethren or brotherin. Brotherin? I'm putting this brother. Brotherin. <laughs> so that might be good for the, the folks in New England, but it doesn't it doesn't doesn't serve brotherin south of the Mason Dixon line, you know. Because they talk different. Now another one that I found interesting about, you know when lodges open that they actually prefer um they actually have an attendance uh, section as well so basically you know it says something along the lines of um when you know when lodge is open that really should be trying to attend lodge as often as possible he should endeavor to attend all stated or emergent meetings and he should always appear on time properly clothed subjecting himself to all its bylaws and general regulations. Don't tell that to any of my lodge masters. Question. Yes. Question, Mr. Ruark. Protocol. Um, brother Jonathan get, Ruark. Worshipful brother Jonathan Ruark. Worshipful brother Jonathan T. Ruark of the Cincinnati <laughs> Esquire. Ruark. Esquire. PhD. Um, <laughs> sir. When did we get out of the habit? I remember I've seen uh, people post these on social media and stuff, but like these old lodge summonses where it's like, you are summoned to come to lodge. And if you don't, you have to pay a nickel or a dollar or something like that. Like you actually got fined for not coming to lodge. So when did we stop doing that? And now maybe when our the, membership uh, number is tanked. Oh, well, like Waukegan Lodge actually has that in their first set of bylaws. It was like something 16 cents per meeting that you missed. And the secretary would annually collect just before uh, dues were 
to be collected. Uh, but I, I noticed that this was stricken uh, somewhere in the 30s and 40s. And my guess is that's just when everybody started coming into masonry, so they didn't really give a, a hoot if, uh, you know, you, you paid or not. And let's be honest, like, if you tried that today, some dudes would laugh. Yeah, try me. You know, they, yeah. They, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, that being said, again, I do know the the culture of again Prince Hall lodges in this general area it is very much more uh, strict on attendance, right? They, they do require you know like, like you got to have a doctor's note, right? <laughs> if you can't make, um, you know, the state in meetings, especially holy smokes if you're an, if you're an officer of that lodge, right? And yeah, there's there's reasons Kudo. for that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so let's. Those are those are good. I'm sure we'll we'll think of some more and come back to those. Now, lodge closes, but you haven't gone home yet. Now, what is proper etiquette slash decorum in that case? Anyone, Bueller, Mr. Ruar, Bueller. So, uh, sorry, you, you have to address me by my proper title. Worshipful brother Jonathan Ruark. T. Ruark Esquire. Gotcha. Okay, okay, thank you. Yes, go ahead. Um. My favorite one has to be as soon as you run out of the lodge room, you start talking about religion and politics and you run <laughs> to the dining room, grab a cup of Joe and just start talking about religion and politics. Do you fit in the cup? No, the cup of Joe. Okay. I'm yeah, a cup I, of me. It sounds no. painful. Two Joe's one cup. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's funny how the, the politics Chase and religion that. line ends <laughs> right there at that, that threshold. Right at the door, and all of a sudden, we could we could start talking about the religious and pol- political so, aspects of the day. Yeah. Something that Illinois yeah. Illinois has says behavior after the lodge is over, and the brethren not gone. So now the lodge is over, but we're all still hanging out. And uh, the first two sentences of this are really interesting to me because they speak to perhaps something that used to be able to happen, but obviously doesn't anymore. It says, you may enjoy yourself with innocent mirth, treating one another according to ability, but avoiding all excess. Oh, excess of what? Of forcing any brother to eat or drink beyond his inclination or hindering him from going when his occasions call him or doing or saying anything offensive. Uh, so basically, like, don't don't be a peer pressure guy. But like, offensive. it kind of sounds like they're term. able to have some beers or something. That's wild. <sighs> but I also I think the interesting word there, the operative word, is offensive too, because that's yeah. way beyond religion and politics, right? That could be dirty jokes. That could be, you know, uh, just. There, there's a there's a very broad spectrum of societal and cultural norms of what could be uh, offensive. Oh, you should be you should be at some of the lodges I've been to when somebody who is not like super familiar has an right. off color joke. Oof. It's like crickets, and that person gets taken aside, and they're like, "I'm not sure this is the right meeting for you." And then it's really bizarre. Uh, but I like that because, Good. yeah. So yeah, intemperance and excess. We want to make sure we keep that to a minimum, um, because even I would, though I would bump that up to a protocol. I mean, it's not just etiquette. You know what I mean? It's it should be the it should be the law of the land, right? And I know that um, in in my jurisdiction this year, um, our district deputy 
gave this awesome talk, right? He didn't do your usual Grand Lodge spiel when he came for his official visit. He came for a talk. Basically, the, the, the point of the talk was everywhere you go in the world is your lodge, right? It's not just the room with the altar in it. It's not just the parking lot. It's every single place you go is the lodge. So act like you're in lodge every single place you go. Go to Target. You go to Golden Corral. So if I'm in church, Sizzler. don't cut between the altar and the priest. Right. Okay. And, if you go to that kind of and church, make sure yeah. you, you stand up and, and you wait to be addressed at work. Right. Before yes. you before you talk. That's not okay. what I meant. Got, that's yes. that's literally literally what was said. To act as if you were in lodge. Right. I think Everyone. I think we were talking about the uh, literally the, the off colorness <laughs> and the, so, the, the Joe. What about this? What? It says therefore. No private peaks or quarrels must be brought within the door of the lodge, right? Okay, big deal. Far less any quarrels about religion or nations or state policy. We being only as masons of the Catholic religion above mentioned. We are also of all nations, tongues, kindred, and languages, and are resolved against all politics as what never yet conduced to the welfare of a lodge, nor ever will. So what's interesting there, right? Is there, aside from the fact that they said they're all Catholics. Um, uh, is it uppercase or lowercase Catholic? Lowercase C. It's got to be a lowercase yeah. C. Universal. Yeah. Lowercase C, which means universal mm -hmm. right. church. Good, good catch, Jason. Okay, cool. Yeah. <clears throat> so basically, what, what's interesting, though, to me is it says. Confirmations coming back, baby. It's good. <laughs> Uh, I paid attention uh, when I was 13. One time. As what never yet conduced to the welfare of the Lodge, nor ever will. So basically, don't talk about this stuff because they've never helped us and they never will. That seems what they're saying. But I'm fairly certain that um, those, those policies have helped us, especially with property taxes. But <laughs> You I know, uh, and I'm going to go off on a, a tangent here because I love the way Shocker. this is written. <laughs> about religion or nations or state policy so religion obvious state policy politics but nations this is one place that mm -hmm. i've rarely seen of uh, the third aspect of what you're not supposed to talk about in lodge right religion politics and nations or states borders. Or, or borders uh, yep. and that's that's something that i find i wish that we brought that back more explicitly and that it is written down here in the illinois code of you know my town is better than your town. My football team can beat up your football team, right? So th I think that is another thing that divides men and something that we should be um, working into our etiquette as well. I like it. Fair enough. Now, to Joe's point that he poor so poorly communicated, what about wow. when, you're <laughs> when you're outside the lodge completely and you are out in public society? Uh, how should Masons act? Jason, what do you think? So recognizing that the duties that you have bound yourself to in Freemasonry do not diminish and or disappear the moment you step out of the lodge building I think every brother has a duty, regardless of whether he, you know, wears a Masonic ring or puts a Masonic emblem on his car. Every brother has a 
has a duty to you know show, show kindness to everyone and try to continue to inculcate the lessons of of freemasonry you know even around those who are not in the know i'm seeing a head nod joe you agree with that my god yeah i mean that's oh, the whole okay good point isn't it yeah i mean yeah, for a change there's nothing jason said that i would argue with <laughs> Even a stopped clock is right twice a day, unless it's digital. Yeah. Unless it's digital. 12, yeah. 12, 12. Robert, I see you contemplating that aspect as well. What are your thoughts? I just agree. I think it's... Concur. As we're, as we're going through this, what, what becomes apparent, you know, the thing that I was kind of lost in thought there is this idea that you're being held to a standard within the lodge, right? And then depending on how you uh, amalgamate, or not amalgamate, how, depending on how you bring those uh, traits with you when you leave the lodge, uh, you, you necessarily start using and doing those same things in your day-to-day -day life. And maybe that's an element of making good men better. Maybe that's just like learning your manners. I don't know, but it certainly feels like today, um, you know, manners, decorum and things, um, are a thing that are much, maybe I'm a prude, right? Um, I still, well, walking my kids into school, I make them take their hat off if they walk under the flag, you know, like, you know, just stuff like that. But that's just me or take your hat off in an elevator when, you know, take your hat off when the ladies in the elevator or whatever. Right, my things right. my dad told me, maybe I'm just antiquated, right? But all these like decorums and rules and things, right. these, these ideas of politeness and generally fall under this kind of thing where it's like, make other people comfortable, May it be polite, be welcoming, be, uh, be the person who welcomes somebody into the community, right? And um, I, I just feel like, we're doing a lot of that in masonry or like we're called to do that. And, um, the, these, these, that. yeah, we don't always do it. Well, and, and it's, I mean, and it's counter and it's counterculture, right? It's, it's not the norm anymore. You know, like I've, you know, I spent all week this week getting into elevators that go up very tall buildings. Um, and you know, just that, that thing that, that Robert said, it kind of struck me. It's like, well, you walk into an elevator and what do you normally see? You don't normally, you're not welcomed by someone, right? People will put their heads down and gravitate towards the corners or away from you or something and, you know, make space for you. And it's the exact opposite of, of what you were talking about. And I think it's, we've just been culturally ingrained to be isolated towards one another. But to your point, I think. Yeah. Don't, don't say hi to anybody you're getting into the elevator with. No. Yeah. I mean, I don't know when we were, I don't know. Whenever we're together with any of you, I, I've been in elevators with all you guys. And we're always joking with the people who are in there or talking to the couple who right. are going down to the pool or, or whatever the case is. And I think maybe that's just, I don't know. We, we're all, to some extent, some of us are introverts, but I think these qualities push us into a realm of like community and just yeah, friendliness. So, so I think, yeah, I, I, what I'm hearing is like two levels of expectations of, of Masons in, in the public, right? There's the, like, don't be a jerk, right? The Will Wheaton's rule, like you can't, we should at a minimum have that threshold of uh, do no harm 
And then the second one should be do good, right? We should actually be uh, going out of the way and be representatives of the morals and virtues that, that were inculcated in the lodge. And well, so, Joe? To, yeah, to, to, just to take that, that thread and pull on it a little bit more to, to Robert's point, I think, I think you're right. I think some of us um, do naturally incline towards being introverted or, or private, but, but I think that Freemasonry helps us extol some of those virtues in a way that we wouldn't normally think like being the polite person in the elevator or when you walk in a door and, you know, uh, allowing others to feel a level of comfortability because that's what it's all about, right? It's we're one whole human species, um, you know, and people either have to start living like that, or we're just going to be more isolated and alone. And we're seeing the ramifications of that. And I know I'm getting on a soapbox, but it's, it's, it's so true, you know? And but so the opposite's true, right? Because if you happen to be wearing a Masonic ring and you are a jerk, right? Uh, you're representing, you know, a, a million Masons in in the United States, right? So less than that. It's well, less. yeah, I'm I'm adding the bonus so, track. So. What's funny about that, John? I thought is, it was three. <laughs> what's funny about this? What you bring up this idea of people seeing the emblems, the only place I've actually ever seen anything codified, and it's not even in our section on behavior, Illinois has a code that basically says, if the four of us go to Lodge, and we leave, and we go out and go anywhere where there's going to be drinks served, we are not to have any Masonic emblems on. Rings, badges, shirts, hats, nothing. Because, wow. like, it's Pockets just really hurt. interesting. Yeah, and and I'm just I'm freaking out. Like, I'm like, no, should we just strike this? Because I go out to drinks with grand officers all the time. With all, this <laughs> you should stuff. call them on it. Uh, excuse me, right, worshipful? Yes, we're in violation of the Masonic code. Yeah. Well, what are you gonna? So, we're gonna be like Mike Stoops and and write ourselves up or, or, or file charges against ourselves. Um, <laughs> epic move. Yeah, I mean, just <laughs> wild. I mean, so we we do do this. Um, you said do do. Do you guys have anything that talks about behavior at home? Well, in, in to on the section of pertaining to private behavior in the Grand Lodge of Virginia, because that's just the one I have pulled up right now. It says, Masons ought to be moral men. They should be good sons, good husbands, good fathers, and good neighbors who avoid activities injurious to themselves, their families, neighbors, or the Lodge. More, moreover, they are to deal fairly and treat everyone with respect. So basically, it's, it's saying you should, you should be a good husband uh, right here in the guidebook. My, mine says... You are to act as becomes a moral and wise man, particularly mm. not let not to let your family, friends, and neighbors know the concerns of the lodge. What? what? Guess what happened at my, lodge tonight, hon? Oh my God! My wife knows yeah. all the drama. <laughs> that would never work because I come home, yeah, look like I, you know, I, I turn purple, <laughs> all the blood vessels bursting in my face. <laughs> Did you have a great day? Yeah, I went to lodge. <laughs> yes. Anywho, I have another one that really chaps my chicklets. Oh, yeah? Go on. Yeah. yeah. What was that? I, I don't... I've never heard chaps my chicklets. 
for those who don't Chicklet's know, even still a thing. You page. I think they do. Yeah, they they do sell them. Oh. Um, for those who are, are not Patreons, my mouth is not always full of protocol and decorum, so I have to come up with other things to say. Um, but I do have one that, again, really sasses me because it happens all the time, and it's in that etiquette guide, and it says all prayers at lodge functions are non-sectarian. Freemasonry is worldwide and holds no sectarian views. Non-sectarian means not sectioned into one specific religion because Freemasonry embraces all of religions. And then they even put a why in there. It says why, because prayers at lodge functions should be scrupulously in keeping with Masonic teachings and the Masonic etiquette of offered prayers is that they should never be an expression of a specific sectarian view or dogmatic creed. Now, I have seen this rule of etiquette broken many, many times. And it's very off-putting, especially when you have brothers of other faiths in the same room. Yeah, not that accidentally. Clearly, you know, brothers of other faiths. It's not accidentally. Right. Mm -hmm. They know. It's awkward. They just don't care. It's really awkward. It's like all the majority of us. It's super awkward. Yeah. Lord. Lord. Otherwise, we wouldn't have the whole like supreme architect of the universe archetype, right? Like, okay, fine. If if we really feel that way, then everyone gets to call the deity by whatever name they're familiar with. And then, then you're starting to get into the division of religion again. So, by adding that, uh, you know, the the deific name, yes, the deific yes. name really starts to it, it's just been bad taste at at best but you know offensive at the worst i i agree and i'm a little sidetracked here you guys i'm reading the youtube chat and brother jose venzer has such a great question he says like basically around social media right? so this is outside the lodge and essentially non-tiled and in right. strange company he says, what do the knights think about when a brother posts stuff that is so full of disinformation, you think that you think it's actively promoting untruth and harm? Must we let it go? And Gary Meisner said, I would suggest we have to consider it or we have to consider if our engagement would bring honor to the fraternity and if we are correcting in the most tender manner. So I agree with Brother Gary, like maybe a, a text message back, you know, through Messenger or something like, hey, you should check that out. I've done that several times, but um, it's not always taken. What's the well. success rate on that since I because I know you do do <laughs> you do, do that. What's the success rate on the I'm being I'm being sincere. What's the success yeah, rate yeah. on the, the the private the private admonishment? So it works sometimes. If it's more political, it doesn't work. If it's more about rights and equalities, it tends to it tends to work. Um, I've done this with my non-Mason friends, my cousin, for example. Uh, my mom called my cousin on the phone to tell him he was being derogatory toward women, and they, she didn't appreciate it. And he said, I'm sorry, Aunt Deb, I'll take it down. And he did. But the other thing is that without these constant interactions, uh, without being... Like it, it, it's like 
if you're around your mentor enough, it's it's drilled into you. You understand. But if you're not, and nobody's constantly calling you out, you have a tendency to revert to those same things. And I get it, right? Like, I'll say this, Carlos Hernandez, Carl Hearn. Carl posts some really edgy stuff sometimes that I think is meant to be funny. And sometimes for some people, it's over the edge, right? I just use Carl... Carlos, if you're listening, I'm not picking on you. I love your content and everything. I just, I just think it is interesting, right? Like you've dealt with, he's dealt with this a lot. Um, but it is a good, it's a good thing to think about. How do you correct that behavior um, in the most friendly and tender manner as, as worship brother Gary says? Well, I, I think, and again, this, we can make this an entire episode just on this one statement that you made, but I think that, a lot of these rules of etiquette and decorum and protocol, I think they take on a different spin when you talk about people's actions on social media, right? Because it is a whole level of interaction with the public that people never had before, right? When people would yeah. say the things that I know piss us off um, in a room full of people um, or, you know, in a small gathering or sitting around the dinner table, that was one thing. But when you have this, this platform, and don't get me wrong, I love social media. I pester all of you on it all the time. But when you have this this forum where more than half of the people are just an echo chamber for your own opinions, right? Where you get you get positive reinforcement and feedback from that opinion that you have, you know, it's kind of hard to then have that private side chatter of, hey, you're being a little bit stinky poo poo cut it out you know because they're just getting all the you know they're getting the thumbs up and they're getting the hearts and they're getting the cares and you know i can't make any other emojis with my body so that's all you get but it's hard it's hard you know, and, and what i say i i have tried on a couple different occasions to whisper that good counsel uh, to people who are spreading misinformation on both sides of the political extreme. And 10 times out of 10, essentially, uh, I have been told what I can go do with myself. Oh, interesting. And so... Read a book and enjoy it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Um, oh my gosh. Make like a tree and get the heck out of here. Um so for me, I recognize that, you know, in some cases, preserving the peace and harmony of my own mental health means that I choose not to engage and I, right. you know, mm -hmm. actively block or unfollow that, that content. All right, so here's what we're going to do. We're going to go to the final question tonight, and I'm going to prompt you, and then I'm going to go read a section out of one of the Pennsylvania's um, etiquette guidelines and then have you respond, uh, not from the Pennsylvania guideline, but from, from the prompt. So the prompt is, um, what um, additional Masonic etiquette protocol decorum or, or, or whatever you want to call it or no nos would you wish were more explicitly codified whether it be and you can take your pick whether it's it's something that's in a tiled meeting that's something that's outside something that it's at a public masonic event something that's out in public whatever it is your call you can think about 
What do you wish was either explicitly um, mentioned or at least firmly enforced? So think about that while I go to um, uh, just a quote from Pennsylvania that I think will resonate with, uh, with a lot of Freemasons. In the state, a Freemason is to behave as, as a peaceable and dutiful citizen, conforming cheerfully to the government under which he lives. He is to be a man of benevolence and charity, not sitting down contended while his fellows, much more his brethren, are in want when it is in his power, without prejudice, prejudicing himself or his family to relieve them. In the lodge, he is to behave with all due decorum, lest the beauty and harmony of its workings should be disturbed or broken. He is to be obedient to the master and other officers in set in authority over him and is to apply himself closely to the business of Freemasonry, that he may the sooner become skilled therein, both for his own credit and for that of the lodge, and thereby earn advancement as the wages of his labors. He is not to neglect his own necessary advocations for the sake of Freemasonry, nor to involve himself in quarrels with those who, through ignorance, may speak evilly or despitefully of it. He is to be a lover of the arts and sciences and is to take all opportunities to improve himself therein. It's a pretty, pretty clear charge to uh, the Freemasons, how they are to act both inside and outside the lodge setting. And uh, boy, if we, if we could just follow those, I think we'd be much better off. So with that, Robert... What um, what Masonic etiquette, protocol, uh, decorum, or no-nos would you start to encourage stronger? No-nos. I would like to see uh, perhaps some codified language on actual Masonic offenses uh, that deal with... Hmm. Um, that specifically, like, let's just pretend there was a gross injustice done in IRL and that brother was allowed to stay a member. So in this, we have an alliance collusion. Um, the, the person who is enabling this is essentially complicit in the behavior uh, like if you know about something bad and you do nothing, you're just as guilty. And um, I think that there should be some verbiage that's codified, maybe not Masonic law, right? But something to be written or, or, or talked about within the decorum and etiquette section to say that uh, if it's not, if it's not spelled out already, right? Like you should be a truthful and honorable man that maybe they should speak to this a little bit. Um, I think that would be good. I think we have a lot of things that uh, we do codify that we do. Um, you know, the Illinois Grand Lodge book has hundreds of codes, all of which um, all have a specific. <laughs> they're, they're pretty specific, which means they've happened. Um, and I think that as we move forward, right? Like the book is only going to get bigger and bigger and bigger. So we have to make more ambiguous and ambiguous or vague language. Uh, the problem is, is that uh, a society that continues to evolve and continues to change, um, you know, we have offenses today 
in the law and in masonry that were not fathomed at the time that these vague interpretations were written. Uh, oh, who, who said, don't let the dead govern the living? Uh, is that Jackson, somebody like that? Anyway, I think that's, uh, that's what I'd like to see. Just that maybe. Awesome. All right. How about you, Jason? Uh, so I don't know. Typically I want to go with less codification and regulation as opposed to more. Um, what a libertarian <laughs> I was going to say eh, depends, depends on your governance structure. Yeah. So one thing I'd like to see laid out a bit more specifically is the role of, or essentially I have to think about this. What I'd like to see is more specific language governing criminal backgrounds and the impact of certain offenses on a man's ability to successfully petition for the degrees. Um, because I've seen it, I've seen it mostly go one way where someone, you know, had an extenuating circumstance. They were, um, you know, convicted of something 30 years ago and somebody in the lodge got a burr up their backside and said, Nope, Nope. He's got, uh, he's, he's, Got a criminal conviction. We're not going to let him in. Um, yeah, you know, and I, I, I would like to see a protocol to put things a little bit more explicitly on. You know, if it's this type of crime, if it's you know this level of currency mm-hmm. or periodicity, it is very um, loose. Then here, here are the things you need to think about or or here are some of the questions to ask like just some some better guidelines to help lodges navigate the the hard issue of you know criminal history i'd like to see that nice thank you joe what do you think about uh this masonic etiquette yeah, so uh, I'm definitely going to go in a little bit different of a, a tangent, and I think that we should we should codify more or make our intentions clear when it comes to the sanctity of the lodge room. Um, that's that's my biggest. When I think of Masonic etiquette and Masonic decorum, I think of how we besmirch the lodge room when we're you know, when the ritual starts and people are still goofing off and they're playing Wordle and, uh, you know, or Candy Crush, whatever generation you happen to be a member of. Um, it's, I really wish you could uh, codify it more to say, okay, once that door closes, you're in lodge. And before we get to the, all the boring administrivia that needs to happen because it's a business meeting, let's remember why we come. And, let's make that a bit more sacred um, than, than we normally do. So if that could be codified, I think that would be wonderful uh, because it would be, 
it, it would be impressed on the people that that come to Lodge saying, okay, I'm here something more than, you know, a boring business meeting. And, you know, there there is a sanctity to it and I should respect it. And if that became part of the law, I think that would be helpful. <clears throat> and that's... I'd vote for that. Nice. That's right. All right. So here are my thoughts. Um, so my, my brother-in-law had this crazy idea where he said, uh, he's, he's not a Mason, but he said that everybody who gets a car should also be given for free a dart gun with suction cup darts, right? That you could shoot at other cars. So if someone is an idiot driving down the road and you happen to pull up next to them, you could roll down your window, fire the suction cup dart at their car and have it stick to their car. Make it, make it with a very strong adhesive that they can't take off very easily. And this would be you know, kind of a little, like a literal red flag that it could be stuck to their car. And at any time, if you collect three or more darts for being an idiot driver, then the police should automatically have the authority to pull you over and give you some sort of citation for your uh, behavior. Now, it never happened practically, but it's a great idea to think about, right? You can cause it the idiot gun, right? If you just see an idiot, I should be able to just say, you know what? I'm going to, I'm going to tag you publicly that, that this was, you're, you're really just pulling some jerk moves right now. Apply that to the same thing from 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 Masons as well. It's it wouldn't be so much of something I would add. It would be more of the enforcement of these because you know we see Masons behaving badly in public often, and so how do you deal with that without besmirching you know what we are we are taught repeatedly, we're inculcated in the morals and virtues that sometimes people don't take to heart and and take that out into the world, and so. If there was a way to enforce that, whether, you know, you have a, um, you know, I'm not going to go all dystopian and say you have a, a social rating system or anything like that. I'm not going to go there, but just some way that we could say, you know what, this guy has broken Will Wheaton's law one too many times. We really need to have a sit down to talk about uh, if masonry is the best thing for him and if he is the best thing for masonry. So that might be, you know, if when you talk about decorum, um, let's let's see what we can do to help help people really try to um, focus on their own um, work within their own passions and keep those um, you know circumscribed in, in, in a tighter spot so that's my thoughts so I wouldn't add anything but I would enforce what we have a little bit stronger so with that I want to thank you all very much for watching and keep searching for more light have a good night Wow.